that's just sing a song. Uh, one of my favorite songs is Isn't He Wonderful? All right, you can know me a little bit. You all like to sing that song quite a bit. And amen. With Genesis 2, look at that real quickly here. And uh, verse number, we're going to start here, Genesis 2, and verse uh, number 25. Okay? So I don't have the notes for you this morning. I, I, I just completely forgot, to be honest with you. And so you'll see some things on, on the screen there. But I'm going to write some of them down in your notebooks. Uh, last week's lesson, that'd be great. And then when I get back, we'll continue with the series. I thought it'd be done in four weeks. It looks like it's going to be a little longer than four weeks. Uh, just do the three weeks to get the first lesson. So anyway, developing one is Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. And they're both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And you'll see here, uh, when we're developing oneness, uh, you'll see, the very first thing I would say in that is this, you see a commitment to openness. And commitment to openness. I want to just talk a little bit this morning about being open uh, with our our spouse, being able to talk and whatnot. Of course, this gives a physical aspect of being open. Uh, when it says they were naked, they were not ashamed. Of course, this, this is before sin happened. And soon as sin came in the world, all of a sudden they realized, oh my goodness, we're exposed. They realized, oh my goodness. So they made these big leaves and they covered themselves up and all that. All that happened. And they reduced their, they had hindrances to openness with each other because of sin. Now this gives, again, the physical aspect of it. There's so much more than just the physical. There is the emotional. There is the verbal. There is the uh, companionship. There is the personalities. There's a lot of different aspects of being open. And so I see here, uh, before sin came in, God's intention in marriage was to be open and, and honest uh, be able to communicate one with another. And so intimacy uh, and oneness cannot exist without openness. And uh, so usually this is the way it works. Uh, and we have the gamut. Where some are just, just got married and some have been married for years. And, and some are mostly the first five years or something longer than that. But after 20 years, I can tell you this, that uh, this part here, there's ups and downs. First, get married. You're wide open. Okay, it's, it's we talk about everything, and we love each other, and everything's wonderful, and hope you don't worry and all that. But because of sin, and because we're human, and, uh, and because the way, just the way we end up, end up eventually uh, disagreeing at some point. Did we ever, ever have a disagreement? Just me. <laughs> 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 the ones ever disagreeing? Um, when you have those disagreements, all of a sudden you'll see people respond differently, but in both cases, uh, they shut down. Now, either people will get really mad, and it's a verbal, it's a verbal you know, karate match, uh, or it's completely shut down, separate quarters, don't talk for three days, lights out, you know, whatever. There's always, there's, there's different responses across the board, and a lot of times that shuts down or hinders the openness. And uh, so I just want to talk a little bit about something here um, about this matter. God created marriage for closed fists. He created it for open hands. He created for open hands. And he wants us to be open with each other. So let me just say a couple things. Number one, I just want to be just commit to this. Uh, commit to this. Number two, I would say this. There are some hindrances. So I'm going to talk about the hindrances first, and then I'm going to talk about the helps second, and how 
some things that will help the openness. First, we talk about the hindrances. And uh, so, <clears throat> there's one lady that just got married. She uh, was talking to her lady friend, and she said, you know, I married Mr. Wright. When I got married, I married the right one. There's no doubt in my mind this was the right guy. She said, you know, after after a while, I didn't realize that uh, his first name was always. <laughs> he's always right. You know, how things change. You know, you think he's he's this Prince Charming. After a while, you realize, man, this guy's still going himself. <laughs> the very first hindrance is selfishness. Selfishness. And uh, turn to Philippians chapter 2, if you will, real quickly. Philippians 2, verse number 3. Philippians 2, verse number 3. We'll talk about this one a little bit. Philippians 2 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or what? Vainglory. Vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than what? Himself. Themselves. And so listen, he says, Now listen, don't, 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 don't fight about stuff, don't strive. Or vainglory, where it's all about it's all about me and Rona. Um but in lowliness of mind, let each each esteem or regard uh, other better than themselves, which means this how appropriate it is to apply this to the marriage to say, in my marriage, I'm going to esteem my spouse better than myself. It's not about me, it's not my being lower, it's not about spending money on me, it's not about my way. Now listen, as men, we can always say, supposed to bow reverence to me. Sarah called Abraham Lord. <laughs> when is she going to get with me? <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Bible says she's supposed to submit. The Bible says she's supposed to in Ephesians 5. Reverence her husband. Does she know who I am? <laughs> That's his job. How come the ladies never get the memo? <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible does it say the husband is supposed to tell his wife who's supposed to submit. Uh, that's a command from the Lord to her. Just as it is a command from the Lord to the husband that I'm supposed to love her. Many times ladies will say, hey, doesn't he know he's supposed to love me unconditionally? Doesn't he know he's supposed to uh, honor and reveal, as, reveal me, reveal me as, a, as a weaker vessel and dote over me and for me and all those things? That's all true. In many cases, he doesn't get the And uh, all he cares about is himself or whatever the case may be. Here's an interesting verse here. Again, think about this. Um, that nothing. Uh, that's a very, it's not just a metaphor. I believe it's a literal, it's a literal command to say, don't do anything about yourself or don't think about me. It's interesting in Ephesians, Ephesians 5. It says, for the husband to love his wife as he loves himself. This thing thought. Which means in many cases the men typically we love ourselves. You know. <laughs> we want to eat. Listen, when I go to Shady Maple, I don't wait for everybody else to go through the buffet line first. It's a bit. I'm getting my plate and I'm getting me the best steak there is. I don't think, oh that's a really good steak. You know what? Why don't you have that steak? No, it doesn't happen. This doesn't happen that way. Why? Because men love ourselves. Now ladies, and I'll give it to them. The ladies do that. Uh, they, they look at it and say, oh, oh, if you 
uh, know that I don't have any insecurities. The Bible says being confident of this very thing. That you have begun a new work, you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Which means I have a confidence in Jesus to know that he's going to perform a work in my life. The confidence is not in me. The confidence is in what Jesus could do in me. The confidence is what Jesus has already done for me. And so when it comes to a marriage, it's the same thing. My insecurities, in many cases, is because of my past. Because of my childhood. Everybody here has parents who have made mistakes. I have, I've got a great set of parents. They made mistakes. Uh, you've got great sets of parents. Now, I'm a parent. I think I'm a great parent. But I made mistakes. Uh, I think my kids got a good home, but I also realize that my kids, when they get older, are going to say, my parents were great parents, but there were some mistakes. Because we're all human and we're all sinners. And so I realize that as a result of that, in many cases in our childhood, there's things that have happened that have created me or created you to be very insecure. Uh, especially if there's been any type of physical abuse or mental, or verbal, emotional, etc., etc., uh, abuses. That makes that child very, very insecure when they get older as they enter into a marital relationship which is supposed to be wide open, but they have some insecurities because they never felt that openness in their childhood with their parents or maybe with some siblings. And so they hold back uh, on being open because I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to expose myself again. Uh, if I go there, it's going to really, really hurt. So I'm going to, I got these insecurities. I'm going to hold back and I feel very insecure. And so it's a hindrance to openness. So let me encourage you uh, to realize, first of all, that God's not made that spirit under fear. He's not made us to enter into a, a marital covenant or marital relationship to be fearful. And uh, he wants us to be, to be wide open realize that God has given us that spirit. So, so many times we talk with, with, with couples and um, after I would, I would talk to my husband uh, about this, but every time I, I bring up you know, a finance issue or bring up some sort of issue, he, he gets really upset and uh, he gets really angry. Uh, and so I, I'm not, I just, I'm very insecure about this. I, I don't think I can, you know, talk about the, the, one of the biggest topics is, is uh, just from the children. And uh, if I bring up the discipline of children, we bring up different methods or whatever, we, we, we disagree. And so it shuts it down and we're not being able to be open, not able to come to some terms of agreement, whatever. And one of the spouses we typically become very insecure in that relationship, which then kind of hinders, hinders the openness. And so uh, what if I could just encourage us, and we're going to deal with, it, with the helps, uh, with, with acceptance, but just, just to make a note on this, because two weeks before I get back. Uh, but just to make a note on this or to understand this, accept your spouse. The Bible says we are accepted in the beloved, right? And so we know Jesus has accepted us for all of our mistakes and, and, and blemishes and sins and whatnot and his grace and his mercy is new every morning. If Jesus can do that for me, he says, listen, you need to do that for your spouse. Uh, do that for your husband. Do that for your wife. Your spouse is going to sin. That's a shock. Your spouse is going to say something that he or she shouldn't. Uh, your spouse is, everyone's going to really shock you. It's going to hurt your feelings. It's going to happen. Unintentional or intentional. <laughs> Sometimes it's pushing the hot button ministry. But it's going to happen. And the longer you're married, the more hot buttons you realize. And the higher
goes higher and higher, and you know how far you are. This is part of life. Understand this. How important it is, and regardless of all those things that you know about each other, the more you get to, the longer you're married, the more you get to know each other, the more you realize the, the faults, the weaknesses. They say that familiarity breeds contempt. Well, here's the thing to to uh, which that would have to be this matter of acceptance. Accept. Well, she said this to me. Love her. Yes, it didn't happen. It didn't be over. Well, he always responds. He all he, he all he ever does is sits sits down and pops on the team. Look, when we first oh, this is under this point. When we first got married, man, I thought he was going to come home, hug me, kiss me the moment I walk in that door, sit down with me for the first hour and a half and talk to me about the day, and I would talk to him about the day, and we would just, just cuddle up, and it's going to be so romantic and so beautiful. He says, you know, Pastor, when we first got married, I thought for sure, when I got home, I'd walk in the door, and she would, she would greet me with a kiss, and steak on the table right there at 5 o'clock. <laughs> Mashed potatoes and gravy right there on the table. And uh, some cranberry salad and uh, some corn on the cob. Uh, and, and cherry pie with, with some I a la mode on some ice cream sitting waiting in the fridge. Just waiting for me to walk in that door. And I thought for sure that's the way this thing was going to be. I cannot believe it. Very first day, oh, she did. Oh, she had it all good. He did. He kissed her, sat down for an hour and a half. They sat, they did again. The second day, oh, she did. And after that first child, things changed. <laughs> things changed real quick. It's when you get home, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and hot up. And to be quiet at work. And that's always there. It's amazing. Sometimes even before that first shot. You can know each other a little longer and then the wax is old and it just kind of gets stale. And all of a sudden you become very insecure. Which leads us to number three then this competition. Competition. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse number 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Steve, don't forget to remind me of the time. Colossians 3, verse number 12. says this, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Now read verse number 13 with you, ready? Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you. So also do ye. Above all these things, put on charity to the bond of perfectness. I'm saying this. All these things, this is kind, humble, merciful, long suffering, forgiving, having charity, love. I mean, you can, you can encapsulate all of this to say there should be no other, there should be nobody else. Your whole, our whole lives as married couples is wrapped around my spouse, wrapped around my wife. I don't think about another woman. I don't. I don't look at the lust after another woman. I don't uh, conceive those thoughts. I 
constantly wrapped around her. So what happens is this is when things start to get a little rough, and also we have some insecurities between one another, and not, the openness starts to close, and the conversations begin to become less and less. You get busier and busier, you're working overtime. Now she's working, and you're both out of the home. You have different shifts, and so you don't see each other like the way you used to, and you're barely sleeping together. These things are very unhealthy in a marriage, but it creates great insecurity. And then as a result of insecurity, there begins the, the, the feeling of, uh, I'm in competition. Uh, he's working with another lady, or she's working with another man. Uh, and at church, I because we don't, because we're not open, the hindrance to openness is this matter of competition because of all these things that are happening. I watch him talking to her, and she's talking to him. It could be at church. It could be the neighbor. It could be somebody at work, and it could be whatever. And he starts to feel like there's competition. And that really starts to shut down uh, the openness. Now you get the cold shoulder treatment. And you shut down the openness to the point where you you can't even talk about it. Because you know if you do, it's going to blow up a can of worms. Or open a can of worms. Have a little bit of relationship. So that's why I have to go back to commit to be open. Commit to say, hey, listen, we're going to be open to everything. I'm going to accept you for however God made you. The sins, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, we're going to embrace this. We're going to, you know, just whatever we can to make this work. Be very careful about jealousy. Uh, very careful about being envious. That's just a natural characteristic for some people. Just, you know, man, look, if he just even like just moved his head and looked at someone, you know, whatever, and you're Keep that open channel of communication, conversation. Keep that open 
where it, it, it lessens insecurity, it lessens competition, it lessens selfishness. And last one will be the place I want to go back. You guys just pray. Lord, pray you this morning. We're so grateful for uh, how you work in our hearts. Lord, as we develop oneness, Lord, as we develop these things in our hearts, especially this matter of openness, being open with each other, being able to communicate, being able to uh, affirm, accept, we're being able to give to them. Lord, help us with these hindrances. You both pray for what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, most of all, for loving us, for saving us, for always accepting us. And Lord, being so merciful and gracious unto us as your bride, as your children. Lord, for them, we love you today. Help us, Lord, as we enter into Memorial Day tomorrow. Lord, as our marriages strengthen. Lord, as we become more united. Lord, I pray for these relationships and will help us to continue to work at them and strive for this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me see this one big note. I'm going to go. And that is this. This this something we're talking about here, it requires a great amount of work. And so understand, as you get your feelings hurt and as things start to happen in your marriage, work at the way this is going to happen is your relationship with Christ is first and foremost. We dealt that last couple several weeks. But as you build that walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, that is going to, by the Spirit of God, give you supernatural ability to overcome the insecurities, competition, selfishness, and uh, false expectations and all these things. To be able to overcome these things, to give affirmation, to give acceptance. It's a supernatural thing from the Holy Spirit. That's where we must walk with the Lord. Without that, you can say, I'll affirm you. Without the walk of the Lord, you're going to submit to your flesh every single time. Hit hot button, it shouldn't be hitting. So your walk with God is that which is going to give you the enablement and the empowerment to be able to affirm and accept, even in the disagreement and all those things. We got that. Good? So, thank you.